Lily, the first time I saw um, a photo, I was just uh, I was just blown away. Hello, you are listening to NPE Stories. This is a podcast where NPEs can share their story. I am your host, Lily, and I found out I was an NPE through an ancestry DNA test that changed my life forever. NPE is a term that stands for not parent expected or non-paternal event. This means that one or more of our parents are not who we believe them to be. NPE Stories is a podcast where NPEs can share their story of what their original family was like, how they found out they were an NPE, and what their journey has been like since the day they found out. Welcome to episode 95. Today I have, and I know some people will be happy to hear this, I have a male NPE willing to share his story And I just got off a Right to Know webinar in which we actually discussed, um, you know, unfortunately, not very many men in the misattributed parentage world want to or are very active in, in the support groups and in talking about what happened to them and finding out their parent was not their parent. And so there's there's a little less representation with the with the male gender in our world. So I'm sometimes we get many episodes in a row where I don't have a man's perspective. Happy today that we have one. I, again, I just go in the order of emails received. And today we are speaking with Will. Hi Will. Hi Lily. I'm so happy to be doing this with you today. And I know you said you're out in the country. We'll see how our internet works for us. And uh, we are going to go in chronological order today of your story. I know we're coming up. You said October 6th will be kind of an important date for you. So we will probably be releasing this right around your, your rebirthday of finding your DNA results out. But why don't you go ahead and start at the beginning and tell me what your original family was like? Um, Yeah, I was born in November of 1969 in Fort Rucker, Alabama, in an Army base. Uh, My birth certificate father, Ray, um, was born and raised in Indiana. He uh, wound up uh, going to Vietnam um, in the Army, obviously. Came back um, to the States and was stationed in Fort Rucker, Alabama. And from what I gathered in the 1st of March of 1969, um, my mother, on the other hand, she was born and raised in Central Florida, and she um, wound up um, residing with uh, her grandparents in um, the southeastern part of Alabama in a small town uh, not too far from Fort Rucker. And then um, evidently the story I've been told um, growing up was that, um, you know, my, according to my birth certificate, Father Ray, um, he picked up my mother hitchhiking and close to the fort. Before you know it, they dated, were married in April of 69. I was born in November. You know, evidently they lived in Alabama for about a year until he was discharged from the army. And then um, he in turn took my mother and I back home to Indiana. A couple years later, I, my brother was born, 
And then for the most part, my childhood, uh, I'm not sure how to describe my childhood because it was it was good in some ways. And there, there were parts of it that um, unfortunately, um, and this is by no means disrespecting my mother, but um, she dealt with a lot of issues and she dealt with that with um, alcohol. So my uh, my childhood and early teens were just kind of um, sketchy at times. And there were times that I wanted to um, just be away from home. I spent actually a lot of time with my birth certificate uh, father's family. I should say his his mother. Um, his parents were divorced in the early 80s. So I spent a lot of time with my birth certificate grandmother, um, be it, you know, summer breaks, school breaks, you know, the fall recess, Christmas breaks, as much as I could away from home. Um, I just never really felt comfortable at home growing up. And I quite honestly didn't have a very close relationship with, um, what's with Ray and, uh, my mom either, because just for the fact that, you know, just going through, um, episodes of, um, you know, where she would have episodes of depression and, and rely on alcohol to try to cure that depression, I guess, for a lack of a better phrase. Um, it just made, you know, being at home difficult. So when, you know, that freedom of 16 and driver's license came along, I, I took it and ran. Um, you know, I, I worked a lot of part-time jobs and went to school. And so I tried to stay away from home as much as possible. Um, fortunately, um, in my late teens, I met a girl and who's now my wife of almost 30 years. And, um, you know, we wind up having two children out of our, of our own, you know, pretty much for the most part, um, my adult life has been pretty well, you know, it's been, it's really, it's been great. And I really couldn't ask for more when it comes to that. But, um, so that's kind of where, you know, my life was up until mm -hmm. the discovery of, uh, to the discovery of my, uh, and why I chose to reach out, um, to ancestry at the time. How did you come to take a DNA test or, or, I'm assuming you took a DNA test. I did. Yes. Um, well, you know, it's funny because going back on my story of, of growing up, you know, like I said, I never really felt close to either one of my parents, actually. And there were times growing up that, um, you know, people outside the family would uh, make remarks about how I look different than my parents. And, um I always just kind of felt different. I mean, it's really indescribable. I'm not sure I've heard other MPEs describe it too, as you can't, you can't describe it as basically it. Um, I knew um, that something wasn't right. And, uh, but, you know, I just kind of went with it, you know, throughout my life. And then uh, there were times that I would um, question, it would, it would come into question, you know, even my wife and I would joke about, um, gee, I wonder what my real parents are doing right now, because there were moments in my life I really didn't um, feel like either one was my hmm. true uh, biological parent. Hmm. And, uh, you know, even, you know, remarks back um, then from my own mother, you know, which makes sense now, but back then, uh, you know, she would say things about uh, my physical appearance, like especially my nose. Um, I had uh, a different nose than my, my father. And, 
and my mother and my brother. And uh, matter of fact, my brother, who was born in uh, 1972, he was younger. Um, he was a, you know, used the term spitting image, but he was a spitting image of, of Ray. And so there was never a doubt that, uh, that uh, you know, those two were connected. But, um, you know, I wind up last summer, um, my wife and I were actually watching a show called DNA Detectives. And, you know, which was quite fascinating. But anyway, that uh, during that show, there was a commercial for Ancestry. And I think they were on, the, the test was on sale at the time. And and if I can backtrack a little bit, um, a couple years prior, um, just for something to do, because my two kids have grown and moved out. And um, I started uh, researching both sides of the family, uh, my mom's side, which I knew quite a bit about. Um, just because a lot of them were really into the whole ancestry thing. And, um, you know, so I, I learned a lot from them and, um, but then on Ray's side, you know, I kind of knew a little bit in about what, uh, you know, where they came from, but, um, actually his great grandparents came over from Holland and Germany in the late 1800s and moved over close to Cincinnati. So I started doing a lot of research on that side of the family, just because, you know, for one, I grew up in Indiana and I was close to his, his family, meaning race family. And, uh, so I knew, you know, where their origins were. And, um, so anyway, but anyway, back to, um, what made me do so, you know, my wife just said, you know what, the, that lingering, um, doubt that you've had, why don't you just go ahead and send off for that DNA test just to see if, um, if anything, just put this all to rest. And so I did. And, you know, I sent off for it and that was probably late August. And, um, so at that point I was just basically waiting for those results to come in. In the meantime, um, you know, we had enough going off. My daughter wind up, uh, getting married the very first of October. And so, you know, we had a lot going on. So just kind of put the DNA thing to rest and for then and just, waited on my results. Will, you always had this lingering doubt in the back of your mind. It sounds like you and your wife even kind of would make jokes about what your real parents were doing. Oh, yeah. And there's actually been a lot of MPEs that always kind of felt disconnected growing up. So what happened? So I can see why you got your DNA test. What happened when you got your results? Okay. On October 6th, uh, my wife and I were both working from home due to the whole COVID thing last year. And I uh, wind up opening my results um, early in the morning. And the first thing I noticed was that, um, well, I, what I didn't notice, I should say, was the countries of origin, nothing came from Holland and Germany. So that was a red flag right there. And then the good news is, I uh, happened to see on some of the DNA matches, I saw my uncle and my cousin on my mom's side. So I thought, well, okay, that answers that. I know for sure that I'm my mom's son. So that was, uh, you know, at least that kind of took the whole theory of being switched at birth or something um, out of the equation. But then reality started to hit when I saw a close relative match come up and this person's name did not look familiar whatsoever, and I noticed on. Um, I went back to the um, 
origins and noticed that, uh, wow, this is showing France and Quebec. So at that time, I think I just um, was kind of in a state of shock. So I went back to the DNA match, uh, that close relative match, and looked up our shared matches. And at that time, I was just blown away because almost every second, third, fourth cousin was coming up with all these French surnames. And um, so after that, I, uh, I basically just, um, I, was, I was shocked. I was surprised, but not surprised. I know it's kind of hard to describe how you can be both at the same time, but I think it put a lot of those doubts to rest. But also, it was also un unbelievable that uh, this was happening at the same time. So, um, you know, I had to obviously had a job to do that day. So my wife and I went up just, you know, getting our work done that day. And then after uh, after work, we started doing our own research with the um, DNA matches that popped up and we saw a common surname that just kept appearing. And so we just started doing our research with it. And, um, we come across the one third cousin, I believe that had a quite an extensive tree. So we started focusing on his uh, family tree. And again, that same surname kept popping up and it kept going all the way back to the 1800s. And, so, you know, we just kept doing our own research there for a while. And um, and that research included everything from, um, you know, they started looking at obituaries, um, everything we could find, you know, with that last name. But at the time, even though it hit me that, oh, my goodness, um, Ray is not my biological father, I was so focused on this close relative. It was a female and um, my instant theory was, oh, my gosh, she could be a, a half-sister. And um, if I can backtrack a little bit, growing up, I always wanted a sister. And um, I'm not sure why, but there was just something about having a sister that just appealed to me. And so my focus was on her and trying to locate her. And I noticed on that on her profile that she hadn't been signed in to ancestry in well over a year and she didn't do a family tree. And so there was very, very minimal information to go on. And uh, so I just started looking up, you know, everybody on social media with that same name. And um, the, so the focus was on finding her first and um, you know, I wasn't getting anywhere. I did message her on ancestry, but Again, with her not being signed in for quite a while, I just figured that was kind of a lost cause. So then in turn, I wind up just messaging just about every second, third, and fourth cousin I could possibly uh, do so on Ancestry. And then um, the same way with Facebook, I would just get on anyone that had, you know, those similar names, I would just start messaging. And um, so that went on for quite a while. And then, you know, like a week or so. And then somehow, and to this very day, I can't really recall exactly how I did so, but I come across the DNA uh, group on Facebook and kind of told, you know, my scenario, what was going on and was looking for some assistance. And uh, one gentleman 
told me that uh, he, he sent me a private message and he said, you need to um, join this MPE group. And of course, like many of us who never experienced this before, it's like, well, what the heck is an MPE, you know? So he explained what was going on. It's like, okay, that makes sense. Then of course, you know, it's obviously a very private group and um, I kind of kid about it, but I felt like I was, you know, interviewing for the FBI to get into this group, but, um, and rightfully so, because I can completely understand, um, you know, there's a lot of sensitive material to, to it. And, you know, I think, you know, see, you know, just to have that, um, you know, confidence that you can, um, you know, feel comfortable talking to others about all this without this leaking out to anyone, um, was definitely understandable. So anyway, I wind up uh, joining that group and then it kind of snowballed from there. Um, fortunately, uh, a lady who, again, I had no idea what a search angel was. Um, she reached out to me and said, Hey, um, if, if you don't mind, um, I've been happy to help you out with this. And of course, you know, I jumped on that offer right away. And uh, so I, pretty much kind of gave her everything I knew as far as um, the information that I'd, you know, discovered since October and, um, you know, a little background on, you know, my, both my uh, family uh, history. So she started doing her work and, um, you know, would message every so often with questions. And um, she got to the point where, uh, she was making great strides with it. Um, you know, I think it was probably a few weeks into it that she thought, I'm pretty confident that I have this narrowed down to two gentlemen. And so I was just ecstatic, you know, by then, um, it's like, you know, I may know who my real father is at that point. So, you know, we just kind of, um, you know, focused on two individuals and, um, she had it boiled down to two things for her, what was holding her back. Um, she said that she noticed that I had some uh, Italian um, in me as well. And she couldn't figure out where that was coming from because there were, you know, so much of everything uh, boiled down to, you know, French ancestry on this paternal side. So she questioned that. And then she, um, she said, well, I think um, this gentleman was in the Army and uh, during the Vietnam era as well. And it made sense to her that, you know, perhaps, um, you know, he may have uh, been in Fort Rucker, Alabama, but we needed to confirm that as well. And I'll just put in a plug right now uh, in case anyone is listening and we talk about it a lot, but the, you're talking about using a search angel. And so I'm just going to put in a plug for them and I'll put in the show notes as well. The DNA search angels, these are volunteers who volunteer their time. They have gotten really good at looking at centimorgans and shared matches, family trees, and they can help you do through doing research and they've looked at family trees so much, they can, they can help you kind of narrow down who your potential biological father is. So I will, I'll put that resource out there for anyone who may need um, some assistance in trying to figure out 
that uh, trying to figure out who certain siblings or biological parents are. So you will had the search angel had narrowed it down to two gentlemen and you said probably needed to be someone with a connection with the Fort, you called it Fort Rutgers in Alabama. That, that's where yes, they were Fort, born. Yeah. The Fort Rucker, Alabama army base. So if I can backtrack just a tad bit as well, you know, some people are probably wondering, well, why didn't you just go to your parents and ask this? And at that time, unfortunately, there was a lot of uh, family um, drama, if I can say the word. Um, and it was past the uh, point where I could actually just feel comfortable even come, you know, opening up to my mom and and asking questions. So I kind of went a backdoor route and started asking uh, my aunts. Her sisters, and a matter of fact, I actually asked um, uh, Ray's sister and sister-in-law uh, some questions too. You know, just trying to get a feel for what was going on back in that time frame. So they were not very forthcoming in some regard, at least on my mom's side. Now, um, Ray's sister and sister-in-law, um, to my surprise told me that, um, you know, they always kind of suspected that things weren't right back then uh, because of just the timing. Uh, evidently, you know, when Ray came back home from uh, Vietnam and was stationed in Alabama, they were just quite surprised that, um, you know, he was there like a month. And then before you know it, hey, I'm getting married. And uh, so I, from what I understand, he probably arrived back in the States in March and then gets married in the middle of April. So, you know, again, I couldn't, you know, really talk to my mom about any of this. So, um, fortunately, you know, I had to do everything on my own and until that wonderful search angel came into play. And then she just, you know, was, was so helpful and so beneficial to it all. So then the search angel was able again to narrow it down to, um, you know, having an Italian heritage, and she was trying to figure that out. Well, she did find a gentleman who was uh, from the East Coast, and that his mother was actually uh, a war or two bride from Italy, from Naples, Italy. So she goes, I, I think I am 99% confident this is the man we're looking for. The only thing we need to do now is to figure out if he was at Fort Rucker during that time frame. And so she wound up um, figuring out um, who his sisters were or are. And unfortunately, she found out that um, who his widow is. Um, so unfortunately, um, while she figured out who my biological father um, is, unfortunately, he had passed away five years uh, prior to my discovery. So in turn, she said, reach out to his sisters and his widow and see if they can confirm that he was stationed in Fort Rucker, Alabama during that time frame. So we did. Uh, matter of, when I say we, uh, my wife, it, to me, it was, it made more sense for my wife to reach out to her because for one, um, you know, some strange guy out of nowhere is approaching, uh, you know, a widow, you know, a thousand miles away and asking, 
um, hey, was her husband in, in Fort Rucker, Alabama? So, you know, my wife, who's been, I should give her a plug here real quick, who has been amazing through this whole thing. She reached out to, uh, yeah, she reached out to um, my biological father's widow and through um, Facebook Messenger. And um, ironically, this was a, this was a, just a horrible day, but it turned out to be great at the end. But so the day that she did, it was probably around the middle of November. And um, that day, my wife went um, out for lunch. She was back working um, at the office at that time. And she went out for lunch and unfortunately had a car accident. So, um, you know, it was already a bad day to begin with. Mm. And uh, we were assisting. Oh, no. Yeah, we were assisting my son uh, with the he refinanced his home. So we had to be up. He lives a half hour away from here. So we had to be up uh, to his house to meet the uh, to meet him to get all that finalized. Well, while my wife thought it was just structural damage to her car, when she wound up driving after work up on the highway, um, unfortunately her car overheated. So, and, um, we wind up having, um, to pull off on the side of the road and wait for a tow truck. And in the meantime, it's just pouring down rain. The tow truck gets there and I wind up going out, you know, to meet the truck driver. And, uh, you know, he and I are out there talking and all of a sudden my wife rolls down the window and, and says, Oh my gosh, um, I got a message. And so it, it was, uh, the Facebook, uh, messenger response. And, uh, the lady reached out to Patty and my wife and said, yeah, um, my husband was, uh, stationed in Fort Rucker, Alabama. Why? So my wife proceeds to tell her that, well, my husband is trying to, um, loc locate a close relative and, um, trying to make a connection here. So they wind up just exchanging emails and then we get home that evening and, um, um, my wife and my father's widow, um, wound up exchanging photos. And, um, cause at that point, my wife would explain to her that, uh, you know, what the search angel had found and, uh, you know, what we kind of suspected that, you know, maybe he was my father. And, um, so they started exchanging photos and, uh, Lily, the first time I saw, um, a photo, I was just, uh, I was just blown away. Um, you know, to, after 50 years of not really seeing resemblance, even on my mom's side, uh, and definitely not seeing any resemblance on, you know, my birth certificate father's side, I was just blown away seeing, you know, a man that I just, I, I just resembled so, so highly. And, uh, I was just blown away by the whole thing. So, you know, they wind up, um, just, uh, you know, talking some more about the whole situation. And then, um, his widow wind up saying, well, tell you what, let me contact his three sisters then tomorrow and um, let them know what the discovery is and kind of go from there. So 
she did. Um, she reached out to, um, you know, to us, to the three sisters the next day. And that next evening, she wind up calling us, telling us that, um, well, I, I broke the news to the three of them. And one of them is all set to uh, do a DNA test right away. So she sent off an ancestry test I practically the next day. And uh, they were they were ecstatic. I mean, it was, um, you know, it's, I wasn't sure what to expect because, you know, I'm throwing this at them out of nowhere, obviously. And, you know, and especially with their brother, you know, passing away five years earlier, um, you, you know, I just didn't know what to expect. But, uh, you know, fortunately, um, they were very welcoming and very receptive to it all. And um, so, you know, we wind up, um, um, you know, just connecting right off the bat. And um, it's, it was just amazing there, th- those first few weeks of uh, getting to know them. Mm. And now granted, they, you know, I'm in Indiana and they're in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. And matter of fact, one of the other aunts are down in Florida. So, you know, it's kind of a long distance relationship there at the beginning, but, um, you know, it was just amazing. Oh, that sounds wonderful. So you've been in touch with your three aunts. I have. Yes. So in December, um, you know, I wanted to find out from my mom, you know, what all transpired back then. And at the same time, in the back of my head, I'm thinking, well, gee, did my birth certificate father know? I mean, I, cause I had no idea, you know, what all happened back then. And I thought, well, my gosh, maybe he doesn't even know, um, that I'm not his biological son. So I was, you know, treading on some, you know, shaky ground there for a bit. And knowing that my mom wasn't speaking to me at the time anyway, it made it even made matters even worse. So on a Saturday, the first of December, I decided, okay, I need to you know, I found all this information out. I need to confront my mom. So I called and, um, you know, Ray answered the phone and I, I said, well, you know, I really need to talk to mom about something, you know, is she willing to talk to me? And he said, no. And I said, well, it's really important. And he said, well, you know, maybe, maybe let's, you know, maybe call back closer to Christmas. So I said, no, I said, I need to talk about this now. And so seeing how my mom wouldn't talk to me, I thought, well, I'm just going to have to, you know, bring this subject matter up to him. So I said, um, well, as you know, you know, a couple years ago, I was doing some ancestry research and um, I said, is there something you guys need to tell me? And he was just silent. And I just had a gut feeling right then and there that he knew. And so I asked again, I said, is there something you guys need to tell me? And um, he proceeded to say, well, do you really want to know? And I said, of course, I really want to know. I mean, that's why I'm calling. And he said, well, and I'm just going by his version of what happened back then. He said that, um, he said, you know, I met your mom and um, she was pregnant. He tried to explain to me how, you know, back in that time frame, that time period, 
um, you know, an unwed mother wasn't very, um, you know, very popular. So um, even with their own family, and evidently my mom was kind of shunned from her family at that time. So he claimed that she really didn't have anyone to turn to and that um, he took it upon himself to, um, you know, to, you know, help her out. He said, um, he said, I knew your dad. And by that time I was just, you know, stunned. And he said, yeah, your dad and I were over in Vietnam together. We, uh, you know, we're in the same army pl platoon. Matter of fact, he was my platoon sergeant. And, but your, your dad came back to the States earlier than I did. Evidently at that time, you know, I think my mom and, and my biological father, Al, um, I'll just refer to him by his first name right now, um, to make things clear. Um, they were an item for a few months, evidently, but then I don't, this is where it's a little unsure for me because I, he, my, you know, my biological father, Al, is not here to give his side of the story. And I'm just going by what, you know, I was told. So evidently, um, you know, Al had to go, he had a 30 day leave. So he went back home and um, Ray told me that evidently he just wanted to, you know, my mom didn't have anywhere to go. So he decided to, you know, help her. And that's, kind of where things ended as far as that story, because after that, you know, they wind up, uh, meaning Ray and my mom wind up getting married, you know, some weeks later. And then, you know, they resided in Alabama until he was discharged. And then, you know, they moved back home to his home in Indiana. So, um, you know, I just don't know, um, what to think of all that as far as, um, you know, unfortunately, like I said, Al doesn't have an opportunity to give his side of the story. Yeah. You don't know the full story because, you know, uh, Al is no longer around it. Do you think anyone ever told Al your mom was pregnant with you? Um, I, I didn't until now, Around March of this year, out of nowhere, my mom calls me and she, and this is the only time she ever spoke of any of this. And, um, she wasn't, um, she was fairly intoxicated when she called. And I, I hate to say that because I feel like I'm disrespecting my mother, but, um, at the same time she basically started um, telling me that I got what I wanted, meaning because I found this information out. And she stated that she did um, tell Al that I was, that she was pregnant. But, you know, I think the only thing I took away from that conversation was the fact that she actually acknowledged everything that I had been you know, wondering from, I needed to hear from her for the last four or five months up until that point. And, uh, so I, I took the positive her, of her actually acknowledging it. And I, after that phone conversation, 
uh, again, we, we didn't talk for a while. And um, I just at that point just figured, okay, I have my information at this point and I just kind of let it go. In the meantime, you know, my focus was the new family and uh, getting to know them. And uh, so I wind up just developing, you know, such great relationships with them. And uh, matter of fact, back in June, my wife and I wind up uh, going out to Rhode Island and Massachusetts to, to visit a lot of the new family. And um, in, in that regard, it's been, it's been totally amazing. But on the downside is that, you know, I may have gained a new family, but I pretty much have lost another family because my, uh, my mom's side of the family at first was, you know, kind of supportive of, or at least I felt like they were supporting me and my, you know, side of things and this whole story. Then something happened a little later on that caused them to, uh, pretty much, um, you know, just block me from their lives as well. Mm. Oh, that is so sad. I'm sorry. I understand that estrangement from your original family and how painful that is. And and I even hear you calling your father that raised you, your birth certificate father, you call him Ray. I've noticed that. Have you always done that? No, I have not. Um, y- you know, I, I, again, you know, I just never really felt that close to him. And, um, but at the same time, ironically, I think with all this coming to light, um, his, he and I have developed actually a really good relationship here recently. I think the fact that the burden of him carrying the secret for, you know, 50 years was finally lifted from him. And I think it was, it, it gave him, you know, just a tremendous amount of relief. And so he and I are actually on better terms now than, you know, than ever actually. And, um, but he, he told me that, you know, he always felt like this was my mom's place to tell me. So, and, you know, I can respect that from him. And, and, and I respect the fact that, um, you know, he was willing, you know, 50 plus years ago to, um, you know, to take in, um, you know, a child that wasn't his and, and marry that child's mother. And, you know, they're still together to this very day. So, um, you know, I, I just, I see things from a, a total different perspective when it comes to that now. So, and I just have, you know, a lot of respect for him as, you know, as a man and a father. So when I call him Ray, I, I basically do so just, um, in order to clarify, you know, telling my story to you to differentiate between yeah, uh, the biological and the birth certificate father. Mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying that. Do your children know? They do. Um, matter of fact, I, um, you know, I told them matter about the first week um, that I found out. I mean, you know, unfortunately, my, my daughter just got back from her honeymoon and I had to 
throw this on her, but, um, but, uh, you know, both my children were very, um, supportive of it all. And, you know, it, you know, it was a blow to them too, because, um, my, you know, that's their grandparents. And, you know, that was the grandfather, you know, on my side that they knew, you know, all in all, they've, uh, they've just been, you know, tremendously supportive of the whole thing. Um, and I, you know, I couldn't ask for, for more from, from my own children. And, uh, I definitely, um, you know, appreciate all of that from them. And you say you had three aunts and you, you started to visit some family in June. Have you met, uh, your cousins then? I'm, did your, I'm assuming your aunts had children. Yes, I did. Matter of fact, um, I did meet a, a couple of my cousins, um, very sweet. Um, and, uh, I, you know, we just constantly, uh, talk and, uh, you know, text and communicate. And then, you know, so that's, that's been just great, you know, getting to know, you know, the quote new family. A side question, kind of going back to the beginning of the podcast today, how do you feel about being in the support groups and not, you know, being one of a, you know, there's less men than women. And do you have any thoughts about that? And why do you think that is? Um, you know, I'm not, I totally um, enjoy being in the, in the support groups. I mean, they've just been tremendous. Um, I, like I said, I've developed a lot of um, connections and friendships with, with so many. And as far as why, um, you know, there's not very many men, I'm, you know, I don't really have a good answer for that. Um, you know, I'm not sh- sure if it's just, um, I hate to say, but, you know, a lot of times, you know, a lot of men just kind of keep all this stuff as an internal thing. And, and um, it, you know, maybe that's one of the reasons I'm, I'm not sure. But, um, but for me, it, it's been tremendous just to, um, you know, connect with so many others and, and learn from their stories. And especially that those rough months when you question everything about your own life and and you know that others have um you know have had to experience this whole thing as well and and that's why i just think it's you know tremendous um for you um to give us all this um you know this avenue and i know for one i appreciate it and i know others do as well yeah thank you will i mean I'm right there with you, listening to other people's stories that I cannot along with and reading what other people are going through on the support groups. Uh, These are just, you know, a few of the resources that I've used and it sounds like you've used as well for our healing. I totally agree with you on that. And Will, if people want to get in touch with you, how could they do that? Oh, sure. Um, Through my email address is fine. It's uh, willben at icloud.com. So W-I-L-L-B as in boy, E-N-N at iCloud.com. Great. I will add that to the show notes. And thank you so much for sharing today. I'm I'm so glad we finally got a chance to speak. I've seen you around the forums, and I'm so glad I actually got to hear your whole story today. So thank you, Will. No, thank you for allowing me to do so. I appreciate it. These stories are here for us to identify with. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, email npestories at gmail.com. You do not have to give any identifying information. 
If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, I'd like to hear from you. Subscribe to this podcast to hear more. Come heal with us.